Welcome back to Tuesday at Dubs's. Welcome to Zaragoza in Spain. Monica and I are currently on a road trip down from Ipswich over to Valencia where we'll spend two weeks and this is the final spot until we get down to Valencia. So straight after here where we spent the night, it's three hours drive and we'll be at our end destination. Thank you to everyone as always for getting in touch, sharing your thoughts and opinions. Best place to do it, comment section below. On top of that, if you've got a longer story with pictures, hi at tuesdayatdobbs.com and Instagram tuesday underscore at underscore dobbs. I start with an apology from last week. My pronunciation of the whiskey, I'm embarrassed to say this, I was pronouncing it bourbon, which is the same as a delicious chocolate bar. It's of course bourbon. So apologies for that. I won't forget that. Let's begin. This is something that got a lot of people talking. And it's something I haven't covered that much before. Warranties. This is after I said Suzuki, seven-year warranty. They are pushing the boundaries, changing the game. They're pushing bike warranties onto where car warranties are, or at least onto where the good car warranties are. So have a listen to this. In fact, before I, I get into a few of your comments, I should say the worst car I've ever owned in my life. Just, it was so bad the company should be sued. Smart car, 0.8 litre diesel. Stupid of me to buy a 0.8 litre diesel engine for the city. Diesels are not good in the city because they need to be cleaned out with long journeys. And I end up buying a diesel car specifically for the city. I paid over three and a half, I think I paid 3,800 pounds for it. And 14 months later, the engine died and it had to be sold for scrap. That's kind of beside the point. The point I want to make is this. I bought the car from a dealer, the only car I've ever bought from a dealership, used dealer. They gave me warranty with it as a good selling point. I thought, oh, this is brilliant. Now I'm a, a proper man because I buy cars from dealerships and I get warranties. I'm, I'm mature now. The engine decided to give up. So it's, I thought, okay, that's fine. I'll go to any mechanic. Let's try my local mechanic and ask them to fix it, please. So I went to my mechanic and I said, here's my smart car. The engine is pretty much destroyed. I'd like you to repair it under warranty, please. And he laughed at me and he said, we don't deal with warranty work. That warranty there isn't worth the paper it's written on. So I thought, what an idiot. He just doesn't want to deal with the paperwork of a warranty. That's fine. I'll move on to the next garage. Went to the next garage. I've got a smart car out here and I've got warranty. Could you repair it, please? Just send the bill to the warranty company. And I get the same reaction. He laughed at me and he said, no, 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 we don't touch warranty work. I went to one other garage where I got the exact same response from this aftermarket warranty company, not main dealer warranty. And it was after that time I realized at least for this one, which was a very reputable, reputable, in theory, warranty company, that warranties aftermarket, after the main dealer warranty, they are not worth the paper they're written on. And I do welcome anyone disagreeing with me, and I will share your thoughts if you've got positive opinion on these warranties that are used after the manufacturer warranty ends. But for me, from my experience using it for the smart car, it's worth complete zero. One other thing about warranties, Kia in the car industry, they're changing the game with seven year warranties. How does that make you feel 
about the likes of Land Rover, BMW, where they have two or three-year warranties? Why are they not as confident that their cars have the longevity of these much cheaper South Korean cars? I begin with some of your thoughts from BMP. Freddie, I am. Uh, I am not a fan of long warranty. It ties you into dealer services. While I like to do my own servicing myself, this is much cheaper. There was a reply to this from D.D. Colson. That's a poor take. You realise you're not forced to avail to the long warranty, right? You are no worse off having a long warranty with, with strings attached as you would be having a short warranty with the same strings attached. In either case, you can decide to do your own thing whenever you like. I continue with a few insights from Suzuki's warranty. Freddie, the reason Suzuki are happy to give a seven-year warranty is because they know the bikes are so reliable they won't be costing anything in warranty work. Plus, it gives the dealers constant servicing revenue. One of my bikes is a 650V Strom, my second one that I've owned, and I service it myself. These bikes are so reliable they don't need the seven-year warranty or want main dealer servicing costs, which pretty much goes for all my bikes. All Japanese. From Billy, the Suzuki warranty, they were not the first. A couple of people have said this. They were not the first in biking to do this. Billy, I had no idea. Sinis, Chinese built. Sinis first introduced the seven-year warranty. Look it up. MCN covered it. Suzuki are simply matching it. It is good news, though, as others will follow suit. I get to a point on Chinese built bikes in a bit. And we do, me sometimes, knock Chinese-built motorbikes. But it's the Chinese offering a seven-year warranty. Let's have a look at this, if I've still got this up. Sinus warranty, here we are. Sinus website, clear, easy to use. And here it is. In block capitals, seven-year warranty. Embark on the ultimate adventure with the UK's first seven-year motorcycle warranty. Sinus Motorcycles is the UK's leading small capacity motorcycle manufacturer. Seven year warranty. They don't mess about here. They exactly lay out what's included in the warranty. One, parts warranty available for the full seven year term. Two, warranty for labor available for the first year of registration only, carries on and on. And then it even breaks it down. It shows a diagram of the bike and explains exactly everything that's covered in the warranty. Nothing to hide. And it's Chinese. The Europeans, the Americans, the Japanese, they've probably got something they could learn from that. Have a listen to this. Should the rest be ashamed? Should the likes of Triumph and Yamaha and Honda and BMW, Harley Davidson and Indian, is being ashamed too far, but should they be a little, a little nervous? Should they feel they may need to start getting pushed into really stamping their name on a product and saying, I trust it this much. I trust this product five years worth of warranty. That's how much I trust it. Not just two years, for example, but seven years or five years or at least four years. A statement of intent to show how much they trust it in 2023, how much things have moved on now with regards to reliability. Because Sinus are doing seven-year warranty. What do you think Triumph are doing? Two-year Unlimited warranty. The unlimited bit's good. 
BMW, three year and 36,000 mile warranty. That's BMW that a lot of people say are hugely reliable. And that's the biggest selling point about BMWs. They go on forever. Well, that is just a three year warranty. Honda, someone did say it's five years for Honda, but I checked the website. Honda's a two year unlimited warranty. Ducati, two year. Moto Guzzi, two year. Have the biking manufacturers almost had it too good for too long, offering borderline ridiculously low warranty levels at two years or so. And it takes someone like Sinus, someone like Suzuki to come along, change the game that's going to force, hopefully, everyone to come up to their level. I move on to Finnegan. Suzuki warranty. Freddie, do the maths. Freddie and everyone actually do the maths before you think it's a good deal. Purchase price is okay, but when you start looking at the short service intervals compared to the likes of Yamaha and Honda and what the servicing costs over three to seven years compared to other Jap bikes, then this is where the big money comes in. Now Royal Enfield is going down the same path, not to mention KTM with subscription-based electronics. Manufacturers are maybe giving you a good deal on new bikes, but then will shaft you when you have it. Okay, Finnegan. I had a bit of research, or I did a bit of research on this after you said this, because that's a very interesting point you make. Service intervals for Suzuki. I was amazed by this. I was slightly disappointed. 3,750 mile service intervals and intervals for Suzuki. It's tiny. Let me give you an example on the other end of the spectrum. Triumph Speedmaster service intervals 10,000 miles, meaning you have to service your Triumph Speedmaster three times less than your Suzuki. That's not insignificant. Himalayan, Royal Enfield, service intervals, famously low, 3,000. So it's only 750 miles less per service interval than even Suzuki's, a Japanese brand. Cannot believe it. Honda, service intervals, 8,000 miles. Finally, BMW, service intervals, 6,000 miles. You can see where BMW makes so much money from their, their after sales, the, the care that they give after you've bought the bike because the service intervals are nothing special and the warranty is nothing special at all. So you buy an expensive BMW and it is going to cost you a fair chunk of money to look after. I had someone who messaged actually. They said that they spoke to a BMW GS owner and the GS owner said it's a lovely bike, but they said that they're genuinely scared for when the first big bill comes because they don't know if they're going to be able to afford it. Moving on to Benelli, the Italian brand made in China now. Someone asked me last week, is this a viable option alternative to the Royal Enfields? We had a look specifically at the Benelli Imperiale. This is a lovely looking retro bike and I've I've saved a few of your comments on this about Benelli, just three. First one from Godox. This is from Luxembourg. Benelli's website is so bad in Luxembourg. I found places with, insert enthusiastic catchphrase here, 
they don't expect anybody to check it. And that's just sad. How can a bike manufacturer, I said last week that the Benelli website is probably the worst biking website I've ever seen. It looks like you're going on to some big pharma company's website and you're, you're going to buy some, some drugs. And in Luxembourg, it's so bad, they can't even be bothered to finish the copyright on the website. How can a brand expect the trust to be built with consumers when they can't be bothered to get a good website together? I, I don't know what the marketing team's doing there, but unfortunately, I don't think they're doing a good enough job with Benelli. I think they're letting down Benelli, or maybe Benelli are letting themselves down by not choosing a good marketing company. Stuart says... I have two friends with 400 Benelli's. Both of them have been thrashed and they've both been faultless. John says, Freddie, I've owned a Benelli Imperiale. It was okay-ish. Suspension especially, the rear was oversprung massively and underdamped. The front was also poor. Poor fueling and too many warranty issues. Plus, listen to this, plus trying to sell it took over a year and even the supplying dealer didn't show any interest. Finally purchased a Royal Enfield Interceptor, 100% better in every way. I move on to Chinese bikes. Two bits of input here. Evidently, Freddie, this is from Andy. Evidently, Freddie, you do not know that many engines for different manufacturers have engines made by Chinese companies, including BMW and KTM among the premium makers. And as for BMW now, do I have to mention broken swing arms, etc.? A posh name doesn't mean a good bike. And historically, Honda used to be terrible with many models back in the 70s and 80s. You need to look at the better Chinese brands and then take into account the price difference. Thank you, Andy. Moving on to Hulk. It's Chinese made. Oh, this is Hulk quoting me here when I said last week, it's Chinese made, but that doesn't have to be a bad thing. Block Capitals, wrong. It's a bad, bad thing. Poor design, poor materials, poor manufacturing and zero quality control. And their government protects them from liability. Though buying the same Chinese product five times because it breaks easily will painfully ingrain in you the saying, you get what you pay for. Moving on, Japanese bikes from Ronald. Freddie, if the Japsters are so good, why don't we all have one or want one? Ronald, it's, it's a really good question. For me personally, and I'll talk just from my point of view, I like Japanese bikes, but I buy vehicles with my heart as much as my budget and finances will allow. Example, my, my Fiat 500. I, I knew I should have bought a Toyota Yaris because it would be probably a little bit cheaper and much more reliable. Although, funnily enough, my Fiat ended up being the most reliable vehicle ever, but I think that may just be a bit of luck. But I knew that the Japanese vehicle would make more sense on every level. But when I'm looking at a vehicle, common sense is lower down than the emotive feeling. It's looks and style character and emotive feeling. These are the top two if I break them down into two. Below that is reliability. I want a Harley Davidson, for example. Harley Davidson is not even in the same ballpark as the Japanese stuff for reliability. 
So it's what we all put our main focus and emphasis on. And bikers, as such, a lot of us, we're a passionate bunch about bikes. So a lot of us will take perceived style and the emotive qualities over reliability. However, I should say that Japanese bikes also have plenty of both of those things, but we all as bikers connect with different things. So from my point of view, it's all about the emotion, the style, the history, and the British bikes, and also the American ones as well. For me, they just, I can't help it. They keep tugging at my heartstrings. They keep drawing me back. I, I'd have a Japanese bike in the future, but I keep getting that draw to the British and American stuff. I'll share a few thoughts here from two people. From Kalmuth. Japanese bikes are a cult hero here in the US. I buy Eurobikes because I like personality and I'm not afraid to turn a wrench. But Japanese bike cult are obsessed with the idea of reliability. I personally couldn't care less about reliability of what I'm riding. Uh, I personally, sorry, couldn't care less about reliability of what I'm riding if it's a sewing machine. I simply wouldn't enjoy a Honda sewing machine. Two completely different die-hard perspectives on motorcycling. It's funny, isn't it? And from Franco, ideally, I want a Japanese bike. My problem is that they don't make proper retro bikes. I don't want something that looks like an alien insect from Starship Troopers, and I hate blacked out bikes. It's not even that they don't make them, it's that they don't sell them in Europe or the UK anymore because they can't be bothered to update the engines to comply with Euro regulations. This, Franco, is fascinating. You're right with that Euro regulations thing. Honda CB... CB1100. That's stunning retro. I'm sure that got dropped because of emissions regulations. I'm sure also, temporarily, the Honda Cub got dropped because of emissions regulations. And do you know one other that got dropped in the car world that Monica's desperate to buy? Suzuki Jimny. It was sold in Europe, I think, for two years. Sales phenomenon when it was out. This would be one of the biggest selling vehicles in Europe, I have no doubt at all. But Suzuki pulled it in 2021, I believe, just two years after it was released because Suzuki couldn't be bothered to get it to UK or to get it to EU emissions legislations. It was too environmentally unfriendly, so they couldn't sell it. Come on, Suzuki, come on. I move on, bike of the week. Before I get to the exact bike, oh, I'll share it now. Honda CB1000. This is a bike I think that wasn't made for long. And before I get to the specs of this, I've had so many people saying that they, they are owners of the bike, they rate it highly, and I cannot ignore it any longer. I'll share two quick stories. This is from Craig. Freddie, after a few months practice and a little past my 40th birthday, I booked my direct access course, and as of the end of last month, I'm finally a fully-fledged biker. It's been a long time coming, but I couldn't be happier. I've bought myself a relatively cheap 2007 Honda CBF 1000. It's a bike very well looked after. It's not exactly a dream bike, not even the type of bike I planned on buying. And I'm sure many would turn their noses up at it, but I don't care. I'm in love with it. It's everything I need in a bike. It's reliable, comfortable, practical, but most importantly, it's fun. I look forward to riding it every day and now dream of adventures or dream of the adventures I'll have with it. Whilst it's not dream complete, there's no Harley Davidson in the garage just yet, you won't find me complaining. 
Craig. And on to Benji. Freddie, my beloved Bullet 500 2018 has given me so many failures this past two months, including drive failures, cables, flat tire, chains and sprocket. Finally capped off by a stripped oil sump plug. Feel the pain with that, which was a combination of me and the garage. So I fixed it and exchanged it for a Honda CBF 1000 before the bastard thing cost me any more. Picks of the CBF 1000 attached. There is more soul to it than I initially gave it credit for. It's like sleeping on a sleeping, it's like sleeping, it's like sitting on a sleeping lion. Benji, Benji, thank you. Let's have a look. Honda CB1000 or CBF1000. Made for just three years, 2006 to 2009. MCN rating 5 out of 5. Owner's rating 4.4 out of 5. Excellent handling and comfort, G which is, on top of that, you've got the comfort, but it's a detuned Fireblade engine. 1,000cc bike with a detuned Fireblade engine. Not the most exciting looks. This is from MCN. But let, have a listen to this. MCN quoting. I'm quoting MCN. The big CBF uses a detuned Fireblade engine. It's fabulously easy handling with smooth throttle response and great ergonomics. All of this makes the Honda CBF 1000 Hooningly enjoyable, yet novice-friendly, and a great value all-rounder. It's just a shame it looks so dull. What can you find on the used bike market? This went out of production 14 years ago, and I have found one for 2,000... 2,300... Let me get this up. 2,390 pounds... Pictures up as I'm discussing it. Here we go. Have a listen. Super reliable and comfortable. CBF 1000 to sell. She's beautifully finished with pearl yellow colour. Eye-catching bike at a fraction of the price. First registered 2009. MOT until Feb 2024. Service recorded at 29,000 miles. Four previous owners. Standard bike, well cared for. Three keys, ready to go. Okay, let's open up the pictures of that. I can tell that's a trade. That's a trade sale. So bear in mind, £2,390 for a trade seller. Sure, you can get it for less. Looks lovely in that colour. Really nice. Very simply designed, just with a fairing on the top there. Stripped back. It's not going to win any beauty contests, but it's not an ugly bike. It's a perfectly decent looking bike. It's quite impressive in many ways. And all that power, all of that performance and capability on a bike that looks, at least in the pictures, immaculate, beautifully well made. I don't know if there's another bike that can compete with that for 2.3k. And I'll end it there. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening or for watching this week's episode. Have a fantastic week. Speak to you all in the next one.